Fresh off the Manhattan Bridge Car Sessions New York City If you're not familiar with the voice The name is Jarvie And you're gonna be cruising with me as I ride through my city We're gonna talk a little sports and a few other things You know, vibe out Have a conversation with me Lend me your ear If you clicked on the link, give me a few minutes of your time It can't hurt, you know what I mean? The New York Jets, we're going to start it off there. Big, big, big game coming up this weekend with the Seattle Seahawks. Coming off a week where Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know you've heard, but I have to reiterate it. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs. What's amazing to me with that is that the game prior, he looked like Kurt Warner... As the quarterback of the greatest show on the turf in the late 90s, early 2000s. Only to regress back to the mean of what he is a week later. Not even a week later. Let me rephrase that. On a short week, he looked like the, the reincarnation of Kurt Warner on the Rams. And with 10 days off, he found a way to throw six interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs. You had extra time to prepare. Extra time to rest. And you find a way to come up with that game. For those who've been following car sessions, when I talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, may, I say the phrase regress to the mean a lot of the time because what, he finds ways to impress you one week only to go back to what he is the following week. That's what I mean by regress to the mean. He regresses back to who he is. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a turnover-prone quarterback who makes questionable throws at times and then other times will impress the absolute hell out of you and say, how is he not an elite quarterback in the league? Like, there's no in-between with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He he impresses you, then he reminds you of what he actually is. It's the reason why when the Jets played that game of chicken with him during the summer, no other team went running to pay this guy. No other team went to say, yo, we have to have Ryan Fitzpatrick. We absolutely have to pay him because he is an asset to our team. No, nobody wanted him. Even further than that, nobody wanted him. And it seems as though Ryan, excuse me, Todd Bowl wants Geno Smith less than nobody wanted Ryan Fitzpatrick in general. Because after the fourth interception, why not just put Geno in? What's the worst that could happen? You already threw four. You threw six. You didn't put Geno in. Come on now. Come on now. To me, the Jets shouldn't have brought Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the first place because they were setting themselves up for failure. Listening to Brandon Marshall, who clearly doesn't know how to pick his quarterbacks, C.J. Cutler. You let you let the pressure of Jet fans who you know who want to see a winner, but should have known that Ryan Fitzpatrick would let you down. The first game of the season, he let you down through the game clutch and interception. Third game of the season, he lets you down, throw six interceptions. The last game of the season against Buffalo Bills, he reminded you of who he was after playing above himself for majority of the season. So now we go into this weekend. Seattle Seahawks on the docket. One of the best teams in the NFL. But the Jets have a few things going for them. And let's get right into that. First and foremost... They have a West Coast team, Pacific Northwest, coming to the East Coast for an early game. That That's a bonus. This guy's on my head trying to hit my car. Let's, let's not do that. Come on now. The second thing, we don't know what the health is of Russell Wilson. He damn near left his knee on the field last week. So you got to take that long flight. You also have 
an injured quarterback who's one of his strongest, if not his best asset, is his ability to move around in the pocket and make something out of nothing. The Jets' defense is not anything to laugh at. They're a pretty stout defense. If you could put some pressure on Russell Wilson, he might be more apt to taking sacks because he doesn't want to run and put pressure on that knee. You know what? I'll get this to the Jets. They were, in a, they were in a big game situation against the Buffalo Bills not wanting to go 0-2. They showed up big time on a short week. Coming into the Seattle Seahawks matchup, you got to hope that they show up big time again because 1-3, playing for the wild card, is not where you want to be. So now the question you're going to ask is, it's only four weeks of the season. How do you know that the Jets are playing for the wild card? Well, if you know anything about football, anything at all. The New, New England Patriots, they're winning that division. They win the division almost every season. They're 3-0 without Tom Brady, looking at 4-0 in the face. So, if you're the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, you already know at this point in the season. If the postseason is on the cards for you, it's going to be by way of the wild card. So if I'm the Jets, and I'm a Jet fan, I'm not a Jet fan, but I speak for Jet fans, you don't want to be 1-3, playing for a wild card in the AFC that might be a lot more competitive than people realize coming into the season. The NFC West looking like they might produce two teams for a change that doesn't happen often, but they might produce two teams, they might produce three. AFC North is looking like they're going to produce two. So you're already up against it in the AFC East. So now, Jet fans, Seattle Seahawks coming into town, you better hope, you better hope that your team brings their A game. They got to bring their A game. They need a win. We need the good Ryan Fitzpatrick. We need the Ryan Fitzpatrick that plays above his head because the Seahawks, the Seahawks, they... They're not trying to take another L. Two and two doesn't look very pretty to the Seattle Seahawks. They're trying to go, they're trying to come into New York by way of New Jersey and leave there the place where they won their Super Bowl three and one. If I'm the Jets, I find a way to take advantage of the, 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 the time zone scenario that comes into play when West Coast teams comes east. If I'm the Jets, I try to find a way to force. Russell Wilson out of the pocket, have him throw under duress, have him test that knee, have him pull the Peyton Manning sack plan and just go down a couple of times because he doesn't want to test the knee and find a way to get out of there two and two. If the Jets can find a way where as bad as Fitzpatrick has played in two out of these three games to be 500 after the first month of the season, that is a humongous bonus for the Jets. I'm not going to make a prediction. This is not a prediction show, but I got to talk about the Jets because... You know, a lot of teams get a lot of attention on car sessions. You know, I'm a Giants fan. I get the Giants attention. I give a lot of the glamour teams attention. The teams that are winning, I give them attention. But I don't pay enough attention to the Jets and the Jet fan listeners who support car sessions on a regular basis are looking at me like, why you don't talk about the Jets? So here we are. We're talking about the New York Jets. I feel like the Jets, if the good Jets show up, you know, they have some injury concerns at the wide receiver position with Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. But if they can find a way to play, I think that the Jets' home crowd could push them through. Again, if, if, if by chance the Seattle Seahawks come out slow and the Jets are in the game in the fourth quarter, they could pull it out. Unless Ryan Fitzpatrick throws an interception, and there you go. 
I'll put it to you like this. Maybe Jeff's fans disagree. Hit me on Twitter, chat underscore O'Hara. If Ryan Fitzpatrick finds a way to blow another game, is it time for Geno? So when you listen to this podcast, you know you giving me your ear for this time frame. Hit me on Twitter and tell me if you think that it's time for Geno to take some snaps. Because at this point, if Fitzpatrick craps to bed again, it can't get much worse than him, right? I'm just saying. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The other New York team, New York Giants, my team, as I just mentioned, they also are in a early season must-win scenario. They came out the gates hot, 2-0. Defense looked real impressive. Then Sunday against the Washington Redskins, they took a step back, a lot of, a lot of penalties, questionable interceptions. Eli Manning looked like the bad Eli. The Eli that, that leaves you scratching your head and saying, WTF are you doing, Eli? After looking so efficient, looking like the potential MVP that I feel like he can be this year. They didn't make the adjustments. They didn't feature Odell Beckham the way they needed to feature him. They let the defense on the field more than they needed to. A couple of costly turnovers in terms of fumbles, costly penalties, personal fouls. Guys getting ejected. Find themselves on Monday night going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Big game. Last time they went to Minnesota, they got embarrassed on Sunday night. Odell was suspended for that, but either way, they didn't show up. They didn't bring their game to Minnesota. So now, do you want to give up all the goodwill that you built up by going 2-0 and doing it in a rather impressive fashion? Or do you want to win and go 3-1 and and show teams and show the rest of the NFL and their fans that you are for real and that McAdoo can manage coaching in New York? Minnesota has maybe... The most aggressive defense in the league this year. They are bringing heat from all angles. Their front extremely stout. They are bringing the pressure. I asked Cam Newton this past Sunday what time it is with the Minnesota Vikings defense. The offense now is the question. They scored 22 points against Carolina, but really that was about 15 because seven of those came by way of special teams. That being said, Giants front seven need to get pressure on Sam Bradford. I'm looking too much at Steve Spagnola, and he, he, he keeps trying to rely on the front four. He's relying on the front four a lot to bring pressure. And if he brings, if he does bring a blitz, it's coming off the edge. He loves these edge blitzes, bringing guys from the secondary in to come in and give different looks while throwing a zone blitz behind that. Not a zone blitz, but throwing a zone behind that. Blitz off the edge, had the linebackers in the zone. Pardon me. If I'm the Giants, you're allowing quarterbacks to be a little too comfortable. It's 2016, fellas. Blitzing off the edge in the NFL is, 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 is easy to deal with. Most quarterbacks now are very adept. Look at this dude coming in. Yo, wait your turn, buddy. Swear New York drivers kill me sometimes. You in a rush to go nowhere. But as I was saying, most quarterbacks in today's NFL are very comfortable stepping up into the pocket, running, or making the throw to their check down. Edge blitzes only work if they get there on time or extremely quickly. But if you come in from the secondary with a safety that's not like extremely fast, I'm not gonna bash Landon Collins, but he's not the fastest guy. He's not getting there on time. 
And you can't depend on Olivier Vernon and JPP to get there. You need to blitz a quarterback in his face, knock him off his spot, force him to roll out, throw on the run. Not get in his face and not come off the edge and let him step up into the pocket and either run or make it make a throw to his check down. Get in his face. I see a lot of teams right now, A-gaps are getting abused, but the Giants don't do that. So if I'm Steve Spagnola, I hope he makes the adjustment. Get in Sam Bradford's face. He's a pure pocket passer. Get in his face. Force him to the perimeter. Force him to the edge. Force him to throw on the run. Force these receivers who are not that good to switch up their routes. Show, let's, let's see if they can adjust. Let's see if they know that the simple secret of coming back to the ball when a, a slightly mobile quarterback is out of the pocket. The O-line is a little shaky as it is. The running game hasn't been established. They don't have Adrian Peterson. Truth be told, the Giants defense should be able to impose their will. Their front should be able to impose their will on Minnesota. If I'm the Giants, I'm looking on the road especially, I'm looking to get out up early, at least by two scores. Whether it's 10 points or 14 points. The Giants offense should have scored 40. So we see that the offense is getting there. You feature Odell Beckham early and often to put the requisite pressure on defenses to adjust to him. And then you get Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz involved. And then you get Orleans Darkwire involved because Rashad Jennings is not going to play. And then you get Bobby Rainey involved in the check down and pass the game out of the backfield. This guy's really going to stay. Oh, my God. This guy got me so upset. I'm trying to talk to y'all. And then you got bozos here on the street. But anyway... You, you let your best player set the tone. Get him a few targets. Get him involved in the game. A lot of teams are not going to play press man or Odell Beckham because his release, his release off the line is some of, uh, some of, if not one of the best in the league. If not the best. Not if not one of, if not the best in the league. It's hard to press man Odell Beckham. In terms of being a technical receiver, everybody gets caught up in Odell's sexual preference and his dancing and his crying and all this and that, whatever the case may be. But in terms of being a technical wide receiver, how many guys are better than Odell Beckham? He's not six foot four and, and 230 pounds like a Julio Jones or, or a 6'2", 220 like Des Bryant. He's not a physical specimen. He's not the biggest guy. But this guy, in terms of being a technical receiver, footwork, hand fighting, Catching with both hands and not using a body. Technically speaking, if he's not one of the, if he's not the best, he's probably top three in terms of being a technical wide receiver right now today. So they don't want to press Odell on the outside unless they feel their cornerback is good enough. Josh Norman tried and he failed. You know we getting caught up in all everything else, but Josh Norman was failing in press, failing terribly in press coverage against Odell Beckham. There were so many times Odell released cleanly off of Norman. And didn't get the ball, and that's why he was frustrated. So to my point, even if it's a couple of bubble screens, oh, he want to play soft? Get a bubble screen at the Odell. Let him see if he can make some plays without the ball. If we see in the NFL, there's so much defense is being played where they're giving up yards. They're giving away yards so often. And the Giants, so far, oh, is it a car accident? Sheesh, it's looking kind of shaky out here, folks. Yikes. Yes, there's so many offices out here in the NFL that are not taking advantage, including the Giants. I think most of the Giants. Of the five to seven yards that defenses are willing to give up to not allow player X or the big play to happen. So if they want to play soft, take the bubble screens. 
force the cornerbacks to come up, and then you beat them over the top. Get the 10-yard dig routes, the 10-yard out routes. Eli Manning's back shoulder game was some of the best in the league. So now if, if you get to out and up or you go do a little back shoulder fade, these plays are there for you if you set them up correctly. So if I'm the Giants, I make the requisite offensive adjustments. Get your best player involved to where you will put in pressure on a defense to adjust to your best player, and then you let your auxiliary weapons come into the play, and you just checkmate the hell out of your opponent. If the Giants manage to do that, get out to a couple of early, get a couple of early scores, get out to an early two-score lead and force Sam Bradford to beat you, you will be in good shape this Monday, New York Giants. Yes, extremely good shape. Kevin Garnett retired. You know, you saw that sh- that sh- quick shift change right there, right? Kevin Garnett retired. You know, I-, I saved I saved talking about KG for New York City. You know, I didn't I didn't want to load up my Monday show with too much, and I know I got a second show on deck. Kevin Garnett, one of the all-time greats, officially announced his retirement, leading me to say this: in five years, when it when it, when it's time for the first Battle Hall of Famers to go in. You can make the argument that this will be the greatest Hall of Fame class ever. Who's the headliner? More often than not, you have a headliner going in there every year. And this particular year, you'll have Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant. That's my dude, by the way. That's my favorite player of all time, Kobe B. Bryant. Who headlines that class? Hmm? I, I think I might have to be there for that because that's that. I don't know if you're gonna get a, a better class than that. If you know, I, at one point maybe you could have said that if if guys like Bosch and LeBron and Melo and, and D Wade retired the same year, maybe you could get that. But Bosch about to get forced out of the league. Dwayne Wade is old. LeBron James got a, at least five more years. We don't know what Melo has left in them. So I'm not sure. So I I got to make the argument now that this is gonna be the greatest, most decorated Hall of Fame class we've ever seen. But going over to Kevin Garnett, I felt like this is two years too late. Kevin Garnett should have not, in my opinion, passed the 20-year mark in the NBA. He went to, what, 22 seasons? He should have been out of here, man. I ain't trying to disrespect, but I'm just saying. You sat on the bench. You you mentored the, the, the young wolves who are the NBA's buzz team, the most buzzworthy team coming into this season. NBA 2K had him ranked damn near 90 overall, which is a little ludicrous to me, but I digress. You could have been a coach doing that. It ain't like you played and you had to farewell to. You just sat on the bench and made crazy faces and played a couple minutes here and there your last two years in the league. What is it? You you can't give up the lifestyle? You, You miss the camaraderie? I feel as though I feel as though you should have went a little bit better. Do your 20 and escape. Do a, do a Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan did 19. Or did he do 20? But either way, Timmy, as soon as the season was over, he didn't waste too much time. He broke out. You are too great in my, in my eyes to be a person to sit on the bench and become like an extreme bit player. At least you got to finish where you started, and I respect that. I dig that. But in fairness, you should have broke out after 20 and called it a career. Secure your legacy a little bit more But you know That's one man's opinion And it is what it is You can't cry over spilled milk You you played the 22 You're retiring now And I gotta say this He's one of the greatest 
to ever do it. I look forward to when the NBA gets to the 75th year, and I guess they'll probably do the 75 most greatest players in the NBA. I think it's time for the NBA to probably redo their top 50 because their top 50 has changed. You gotta find you gotta find room for Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and Kobe Bryant in that 50. I don't care whatever ESPN does with their list. I wait. I want the official NBA list to tell me who's where. Bill Simmons don't count. ESPN in their NBA rank with doing analytics and all this hot garbage doesn't count. No, I'm not saying analytics is hot garbage. But what I'm saying is in regards to being an all-time great, it's more than just numbers that, that gives you your stature as an all-time great. That's all I'm saying. I love analytics. Analytics is where the game is going, and we've seen how it affects the game the past few seasons with the Golden State Warriors. I just want to be clear about that. KG. One of the greatest power forwards to ever do it. If if you may, maybe if he would have gotten three championships, he could have bumped off Timmy as goat at that position. Because I felt like skill for skill, Kevin Garnett was a more dynamic player than Tim Duncan. Of course, Tim Duncan's the big fundamental. We get that, but in terms of explosiveness, inside outside game, defensive prowess, Kevin Garnett to me was more dynamic. Wish he would have been able to, to to win a couple of more titles and, you know, get that resume buffed up a little bit more to put him higher in an all-time ranking scenario. But that being said, salute. Big shouts. Big, big shouts to Kevin Garnett on a great, extremely great career. And now you have people here honking their horns because the bus has to stop signing out. You don't clearly see this bright stop sign with the blinking lights. Come on, y'all. In New York, is just a love of abusing it. I'm going to honk my horn, too. Everybody just wants to abuse their horn, right? Let me do it, too. <laughs> NBA season's rolling around. And, of course, the Laker rumors are already on deck. It's almost like when the NBA season is, is out and about, there's a Lakers trade rumor. It's almost like the internet... And lower tier websites who want to promote the NBA, you know, or if you want clicks, you want traffic to your site, put Lakers and trade rumor together and you will get a whole lot of traffic. But I need my sports fans just to, to start learning the difference between bogus website looking for clicks and reputable site giving you real information. Look at this. This dude just blew the hell out of it. Wow. Just blew this light. All right, brother. Has it lights on and on? Okay. Sheesh. I like to bring I told you, y'all riding with me. I'm talking, but y'all riding out my passengers. Y'all hope y'all seeing what I'm seeing out here. <laughs> but fellas, ladies, when you see these sites and you see trade rumor and it involves the Lakers, I need y'all to do a simple equation in your head. It's the Lakers, right? If it's the Lakers and it's a major play involved in the Lakers, it's not going to be a small-scale site reporting it. When it's the Lakers and it's a big-name player, if it's not picked up by ESPN, the network, if it's not picked up by the sports writers who are extremely well-versed in NBA moves, if it's not properly sourced by the local media of said Lakers... Do not post these rumors on the internet asking if it's true or not. When it's the Lakers, you won't have to ask, okay? When it's the Lakers, you will not 
have to ever ask whether it's true or not. I need y'all to understand that. They had a rap music playing in the background. That that, that drug dealer's anonymous push your T, Uncle Ho, because that's my uncle. I don't care what y'all say. This whole game in Meek Mill beef. Notice it's been a it's been a regular topic here on the New York City edition of Car Sessions. Uh, now Beanie Siegel apparently got knocked out by one of Meek Mill's cohorts. One of his colleagues, one of his constituents, I don't know what to call him. Knocked him out. He's doing a podcast interview saying that Meek started hating on Drake because of whatever with Nicki Minaj. How did we go from Meek and the gang trading bars to Beanie Siegel becoming the center of attention? It's evident to me that Beans has a mixtape of some sort dropping or an album of some sort dropping because I I can't explain beyond that why he's in the news cycle so heavy. Hmm. So what we doing now, Beanie Siegel? Doing was Tax Stone podcast and, and, and <laughs> I like that podcast. It ain't nothing to do with Tax Stone. I like that podcast. It's a very funky. Him and Nori's podcast are all my two favorite when it comes to the culture. But I gotta I gotta look at Beans a little sideways. And then everybody talking about he got knocked out. We got a we got a picture of him laying on the ground, but nobody has footage of him being knocked out. Whatever the way the media is set up, the way the internet is set up, nobody has footage of Beans getting knocked out. Call me a skeptic. This is all one elaborate plot to get multiple projects rolling. Isn't Dream Chasers 4 coming? Doesn't the game have an album coming out? I'm pretty sure Beanie Siegel has a mixtape coming out. I'm calling BS on this whole thing, and it's finding a way to drum up attention to get to get the clicks going, so that when these projects officially drop, everybody goes and cops because they're the hottest names in the cycle. My bad, y'all. Y'all, 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 y'all can say job going in, but it is what it is. I'm calling BS on it. This is what all y'all doing is knowing that we love we in the culture love good controversy and we love music surrounding good controversy and y'all are using our interests against us. So I'm here to call BS on it. Until I see a video with even a dude who snuffed Beanie allegedly getting interviewed. It's like what is going on here? Wow. Wow. That I'm seeing here, games, games manager and Mano traded words on Instagram. What the hell going on out here? This whole situation that went from A all the way to Z. Mano, Beanie Siegel, games manager, game, Meek Mill, Meek Mill's cohort. I don't remember his name right now. Jesus. I'm about to just go put some schoolboy Q on, you know? He seems to stay out of the beef. When the next Kendrick album coming out? Big Sean dropping soon? Where the heavyweights at right now? Meek need to stay out of the... the and, and, you know, and I was hyped. I thought Meek, when he when he returned, fired his old version coming out game. I thought, he, I thought he won the first round. I really thought he won the first round. But now I gotta look at I gotta look at this whole deal and say this is one elaborate plot to, to, to garner up interest, but didn't do Meek Mill any favors because then he got this by game with the pest control and game shooting videos and doing all this and that. It's just bad looks for the boy. It's bad looks for the boy. 
Yes, we talk rap on Car Sessions New York City. No no topic is safe here. My, 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 you know, my pocket is sports, of course. Love sports. That's why I do the Car Sessions Sports Report. The Car Sessions in New York City, you're my passenger. We're talking about a little bit of everything. We're talking current events here. We're talking about life if it fits. We're talking about this horrible New York traffic. I'm on King's Highway right now, and it's bumper to bumper traffic. This is a, this is atrocious to me. You know, let's, let's let's get a little personal. Let's talk about you know friendship. You know what's amazing now? I tell people all the time. You don't know who you're dealing with, whether it's you know a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship or, or just a general friendship with someone you got time in with. You know, it's your homie, whatever, family. You don't know who you're dealing with until you argue with that person, or until a conflict comes about and how you handle that. Like then you'll know the levels of your friendship or relationship. Don't y'all find it amazing that you know people that you supposedly cool with are always assume the worst? Doesn't that puzzle y'all? Like like has this time that we put in not shown you that I'm that I'm not capable of what you think I'm trying to do? You know, everybody is always quick to assume the worst and figure that this person is really as bad as they hear or they assume. Or the next move they do is they just randomly stop talking to you without telling you why they mad at you. And then when you holler at them, they get defensive like you, like you were bugging for asking them what the problem was in the first place. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really care about these things. You know, you know, your kids, whatever you move on. But as adults, you, you get a lot more introspective. You, you become more aware of the movements of the people that are around you, the people that's in your social circle. And it make it boggles my mind that nobody ever wants to be told about themselves. Nobody wants to be honest about how they feel about the next person, and whether it's negative or positive, or whether it's negative because they only want to hear positive things. They just want to be friends, and everything is positive. Real friends go through the wars. Real friends have fallouts and get cools. Yes, fallouts and get cools. Real friends are allowed to be at their worst. You know, they might not handle the situation that, that's causing the, the rift in the moment. They might not handle it the best way. But real friends allow that person to fall on their face and wild out and then come back full circle. Y'all, y'all square it away. Y'all put it away the way y'all supposed to. But sadly, a lot of adults don't have the greatest communication skills. They'd rather act like a grown kid and fall out. And that'd be that as opposed to handling the situation, having the argument, Having to fight, whatever it is, learning from it and moving on. Or their ego is too big that they never want to hear anything bad about themselves because they were made, they were made with angel dust. They 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 were made with halo dust, and they're perfect, you know. So you know, to the adults, because this is an, this is an adult show. The adults that are listening here, if if you got a friend. And that's your A1. And that's somebody you real cool with. Don't be afraid to tell them when they bugging. The people who are consistently in my life to this day are people who are not above telling me I'm bugging. I know I'm not easy to deal with from time to time. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. There's people who never wrong. They love to point the finger, but when it's time for the finger to get pointed at them, they don't want to hear it. And they, they get they go they get their feelings, they start calling names, they're doing all kinds of corniness, and then they don't talk no more. You know? Nah. If you cool with this person, that person is your A1, keep it a stack with them. 
you guys will appreciate each other more for that as opposed to being passive aggressive or just disappearing from that person's life altogether. You know what I mean? Car sessions counseling. <laughs> but let's take it back to sports. The New Orleans Saints. They're 0-3. And I think that it's time. It's big time for them to move on from both Drew Brees, my favorite quarterback, and Sean Payton. It's time for a fresh start. You can't build a team in today's NFL paying the money that you're paying to Drew Brees and still putting on at the peripheral positions, especially on defense. Notice that the, the, the regular theme for the New Orleans Saints is Drew Brees, retarded numbers, buku numbers. Defense can't stop a nosebleed. They draft a couple of players who can play, but what's, what good is a couple of players who can play if you're surrounded by extremely average players? You know, I'm not saying anything that's too transcendent here. All sports are talent games. Talent wins. Talent and, co- talent and camaraderie wins in sports. Ask schematics to that. A good scheme, talent, camaraderie. It never fails. A lot of times, average talent will win if you have camaraderie. It happens too. But generally speaking, scheme, camaraderie, Talent. Somebody just got hit with a with a ticket that the red light flash got two of them. Ouch. They're salty right now. Look at this dude trying to sell car charges in the rain. It's already wet, stupid. I'm not buying that. It's raining outside. You don't even have a bag for it. But uh when you look at the New York Saints, great offensive scheme. I'm not really sure about the camaraderie, but they don't have talent. The talent is not spread out evenly. They haven't drafted the best in recent years overall. Again, they've got a couple of nice parts, but they haven't drafted the best. They haven't done much in terms of making the right free agency move to bolster the defense. Multiple coordinators have been in and out. So I believe now that find a way to get rid of Drew Brees, let go of Sean Payton, hit a hard reset button, be really bad for a couple of years, Rebuild, replenish, rebuild and replenish the talent pool and come again. You know what kind of team you got to build. Why? Because you play in a dome, you play in a fast track, so you want your offense to be athletic. You want to get the ball down the field. You want to put pressure on defenses. On On the same token, your defense has to play fast because, you know, a lot of offenses are doing a short pass game. Find a way to get out of those hybrid safety linebackers to, to deal with the read option and deal with the talent that's in your division and, in, and around the NFL as a whole. Get, get three good corners. Get at least one good linebacker who can make plays and run the defense the way you need them to run the defense. Get a strong front line. It's going to take a few years to get all of that. But you can't do that play, paying Drew Brees what you're paying him. And you can't do that with Sean Payton as your coach. It's time for a change. It's time for a new approach to football. Come on, man. I love their offense. I love what they bring to the table. Drew Brees has helped me win multiple fantasy championships playing within that system. So trust me when I say that. I'm not a fan of myself saying this. But the facts are the facts. It's time for a change in New Orleans. Gotta switch lanes. Hopefully I'll get into an accident. Hey, hey. <laughs> Another thing that caught my eye around sports 
NFL ratings are down. They're down across the board. America's sport. It's not baseball. It's definitely football. Ratings are down. The NFLPA is a little concerned. And you know what? They should be concerned because, you know, with the, with the new TV contracts, those TV deals help put more money in the players' pockets. Because remember in the last lockout, they took the money over certain amenities that would make life easier when it comes to dealing with Roger Goodell. So now, if the ratings are down and the NFL is living up these contracts, that money, that money might get funny. But I find it funny, you know, that everything that's happening with Colin Kaepernick, I'm on Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, we're going to boycott the NFL because of what they're allowing Colin Kaepernick to do and blah, 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 blah. I'm not, you know, in this whole scenario with Colin Kaepernick and now they want to say that they're boycotting and the ratings are down and all this and that. You know, is this a communist country? No. So what exactly is the NFL supposed to do? This is the question I have to these boycotters. What exactly is the NFL supposed to do? It is the land of the free, am I right? Are we not allowed to protest freely in America? By boycotting the NFL for allowing Kaepernick to do what he's doing kind of goes against what America is all about, no? We are free to do what Kaepernick is doing. So why do you want to vilify him? Why do you want him to be punished for doing what we are allowed to do as a nation? That's the question I have for the boycotters. I'm not talking race today. I just want to know why you want someone punished for what we are free to do as a nation. Hmm? Legit question there. But I think that's all I got for y'all. I'm still cruising right now. Well, I'm, I'm almost home. But that's all I got for y'all on this latest edition of Car Sessions New York City. If you have an iPhone and you haven't updated to the new iOS 10 real quick, please do. It is so lit. It is, it is that. What is this person doing? What? Okay. But the new iOS 10 is hot fire like Dylon's lyrics. But anyway, Monday, Car Sessions Sports Report. You know, of course I'm going to review what I'm talking about on New York City. Plus, whatever transpires before I come back on Monday at 7 p.m., I'm going to be covering it. Until next time, y'all, have a good one and be safe out here. Peace.